From the VIP lounge to the gridiron, it's everything you need to know from pop culture to free throws. This is Cleats and Cocktails with your hosts, Meg and Taniella. Welcome to Cleats and Cocktails. I'm Taniella. And I'm Victoria. This week's episode is brought to you by a Barry Baratheon. We're going Game of Thrones themed in honor of the finale tonight while we're recording. Um, So this, I guess, fruity cocktail is, doesn't sound at all like it would belong in like the medieval Game of Thrones universe, but it's so good. Um, It is a shot of bourbon muddled with strawberries and lemon juice, um, ginger beer in some amount, I don't know. A couple shots of bitters. You shake it in a uh, shaker. Yeah, you gotta give it a shakey shake. A little shakey shake, and then uh, you strain it over ice, and it comes out this like adorable pink color, and it's really good. It's delicious. Yeah, I'm a big fan. It, we polished that off way too quickly. Yeah, mine's done. Yeah, <laughs> you can literally hear the ice clinging. Um, so as you may notice, Megan has still not returned. She is still gallivanting through Europe, eating I think every available pasta in Italy currently. So, joining me on the podcast this week is Victoria. Hi, thanks for having me. Are you excited? I am. I'm very nervous, but I am excited. <laughs> Victoria, I have actually mentioned on this podcast previously, she updates me with all of the women's sports going on in the universe. Um, you are a strong champion of women's sports. Definitely. And I'm super excited you're here because you and I can both get super excited for the Canadian women's team, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Oh, right, and I'm so excited. Yeah. So uh, this week, our agenda is going to be our pick six news stories, as always. Um, And then we're going to actually jump into a what's the call for soccer, because the Women's World Cup is coming up. And I have Victoria here, who is also a massive soccer fan. Her and I actually used to play soccer together. So we're going to take advantage of that. And with not having Megan here, who doesn't understand anything about soccer, (laughs) um, we're going to give you a quick what's the call so that you can uh, watch Women's World Cup feeling up to date. Um, And then we'll do like a really brief reality review. We're actually recording this right before the last episode of Game of Thrones ever. So I figure we can do like a a series in review. While we make up names for the characters. Because you don't know any of them. I do. (laughs) Okay, so jumping into pick six. And it's going to be a pick six. Up first, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs because they are currently uh, very prominent. And um, yeah, also... Um, just, I'm so disappointed in the Raptors currently. Yeah. So if you haven't been watching, um, we talked about last week that the series was commencing, um, Toronto versus Milwaukee. Currently Toronto is down two nothing in the series. Womp womp. The biggest womp womp. Um, it's super frustrating because game one was the Raptors led all three quarters, yeah. got to the fourth quarter and basically shot zero. Yep. Like I really felt like we were going to do it until all of that happened and I'm like, Oh, so this is what the rest of this is going to look like. It was just the most Toronto sports thing to ever happen. Yeah. Blowing an, what, an 11, 15 point lead. Um, so they went down one nothing after that miserable finish. And then the second game was potentially even worse because they just didn't score anything. It was the most painful thing. I they lost by what, 25? It was awful. Uh, yeah. It was absolutely awful. So game three is actually currently on as we speak, and I'm not watching because I don't want to be stressed well, out while we're watching. last we saw, they were up by, I think it was 10 right now. So <sighs> I don't trust crossed. Remember when that happened in game one? How did that end for I'm us? I'm just not going to say anything. Really frustrating. Knock on wood. I mean, it's frustrating 
But it's also not surprising. People assume that the Bucks were going to be the ones to come out of this series. Um, I yep. just don't understand why Drake isn't wearing a Bucks jersey today. I don't know why he isn't dressed as like a full deer. <laughs> I agree. Right? Go yeah. full send. You know the Drake curse is real. Show up. Bring a live deer. I don't care. If, even just if you want to do it low key, I don't care if you want to wear some Bucks socks. <laughs> Please. And Anything. And the camera catches it. So. Maybe a nice pair of antlers. Yeah. I don't care. Do something, though, because, like, we need all the help we can get, especially because it's something, like, 93 or 96% of all teams that go down two games, like, 0-2 in the series, in the NBA, go on to lose the series. Yeah. So, like, the odds are not in our favor. This is not the Hunger Games. May the odds be in your favor. This is a... Uh, it's real bad. So, praying for some magical turnaround. Don't know if I'm particularly optimistic at this point. I feel like I'm just resigning myself to... Being it is what it is. I would like to hold hope because this would be so good for the city. Yeah, so good. I mean, after the Leafs debacle, I would really... We need something. I want to win, yeah. We need something so badly to look forward to. Especially because, like, I really don't know if Kawhi will stay if we don't make the finals. And then it'll just... That'll kill us. But he has to. People have tattooed him on their bodies. Why do people do these things? (laughs) We're actually going to talk about another story coming up about the NBA draft that uh, lottery that happened with other questionable tattoo choices. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so currently the Raptors are down 0-2 uh, o- to the Bucks in the series. Um, the, on the west side, we still have the um, Warriors versus the Trailblazers going on. The Trailblazers are down like 3 nothing in that series. The Warriors are just running all over them. It's, it's a little sad. It's, it's bad. It actually makes me sad because I really like Portland and they're they're doing their best yeah. and it's not like they're getting blown out but like uh, I mean also it's really interesting because uh Stephen Curry is playing his brother. Yeah, Steph the Curry Steph versus Seth Bowl. I love it. Yeah. I don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying the Curry Bowl especially because uh Seth Curry is actually playing out of his mind right now. Seth Curry playing for the Portland Trailblazers. Um he's actually doing amazing against his brother. So good for him. Um, unfortunately, team not so much. Yeah. The thing is, it's, it like, it doesn't even feel fair. I feel like the Warriors are, like, the ultimate unbeatable boss in a video game. Yeah. Like, when they're just too strong, and no matter how many good weapons you have or how many hearts you gain as Link in <laughs> Zelda, like, it doesn't matter. You can't beat them. Final Tower of Mortal Kombat, and you're just not... Yes! <laughs> right? Right, exactly. So, anyways, that series is likely going to be ending at the next game. I would be shocked if Portland manages to pull off a win at this point because they really have just been dominated. Um, and so... I don't know. I don't know how to feel or how I feel about any of it. I mean, no one is really going to be surprised that the Warriors are going to march their way to the finals, but it is what it is. Okay. So anyways, that basically wraps up, uh, I would say, NBA playoffs. I, if you want to know some stats, we can definitely give you some. Um, but for the most part, basically all you need to know is Steph Curry's doing his usual thing. And Draymond Green, who plays uh, for the Golden State Warriors, if you ever want to throw something into conversation, you can go ahead and mention that uh, in the most recent game, uh, he had a triple-double. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, which means that he had double digits in uh, three separate statistics. So as of the last game, he had 20 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. So you can go ahead and throw that out, that Draymond is not only playing fantastic defense, but he's also holding his weight in offense as well. He really is. Um... Moving to NHL. Yeah, we might as well just keep the playoff train rolling. Oh, NHL playoffs. Yay. We're going to start with Boston, who swept Carolina. Just the biggest boo. I'm just... I'm so, so sick of them. Over them. 
The whole city. The only problem is, is that I really like Tuka Rask. Do you? Yes. He's kind of a head case. It doesn't, I mean, not as a person, but as a player. <laughs> like, I don't know him. But like as a goaltender, he's he's great. And his name is Tuka. So. I mean, yeah, Tuka is a really good name. I'm certainly not thrilled that Carolina is out, though. And they got swept. Come on. <laughs> they swept a team and then got swept. Yeah. Which hasn't been done since the New York Islanders one series ago. Yeah. So, like, it's been a wild ride this playoffs. Like, the sweeps are just... So, Boston is currently doing the, I'm probably at the spa, having a great time. Yeah. While they wait for the Blues and the Sharks to beat the shit out of each other. They're going to be so tired. Right? It's just like, hey, what a great time we're having. Um, I'm actually not thrilled because uh, didn't Boston win football? This is your territory, not mm, mine. Yeah, it's only been 100 days since the last Boston championship. Yeah, I don't... 100. That's enough. You already had a parade. Give someone else a parade. It's been like 100 years since the Toronto had anything. Uh, Toronto. Meanwhile, Boston's just like, cool, we'll just rack up yet another fucking championship. I can't. I can't do it. I'm just... I can't. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Tuka Rask... I know. I mean, like, no, to be fair... good players, though. I, Bergeron I, and, and Marchand can't... I know. I, I really didn't expect Carolina to come out of the series, but I certainly expected them to take at least a game off of Boston. To fight something. Anything. I don't know. They just made it look too easy. It's just so frustrating because, like, the Leafs were the biggest challenge Boston has faced yeah. so far. And that's saying something. Right? I mean, uh, over in the West, the St. Louis Blues are currently up on the San Jose Sharks three games to two. Um, that series is way more fun to watch. Highly recommend. Yeah. Today they blew them out 5 nothing. Oh. Um, St. Louis uh, blew out the Sharks 5 nothing, and there was even a penalty shot for tripping during the game, which was Ooh, really exciting to watch. That never happens in playoffs. Yeah. They let them get away with murder. No, it was, it was like some the intense obvious. tripping. Like, he fell and just like whipped his stick over, and then the other player just fell over, and he got back up and tried to shoot, and he was like, no, penalty shot, penalty shot. He obviously scored the penalty shot and made it look a little too easy. Victoria did the arm motion for refing when it's a penalty <laughs> shot. And it's like super dramatic. Like your arm goes out a little bit like high Hitler. But like... <laughs> but downwards. But downwards, yes, of course. Um, and yeah, I mean, really great time going on in that series. What makes me sad is they're best, whoever comes out of that is going to be so effing tired yeah. that Boston's just going to like walk all over them. Yeah, and then when you guys watch Boston parade through their cities one more time. I feel like when you have this many championship wins, you don't even, like, appreciate them. Yeah. You know? And I feel like it was if it was anyone but Boston, I would be happy for Oh, my them. God, but yeah. Because they're, like, Toronto's... They're just Toronto's kryptonite. Like, Everything. In every sport, they are Toronto's kryptonite. Yeah, just go home. Go home! Go play golf, guys. Oh, God. I can't believe they're going to potentially win another Stanley Cup. Yeah, I... I can't do it. Next... <laughs> it actually just upsets me. Okay, so quickly, um, I just wanted to mention that Roland Garros is actually starting for tennis. It's coming up. It's starting on the 26th of May. So um, Roland Garros is the French Open. It is um, the only tennis tournament of the year that's played on a clay court. So when you watch it, the court is legit brown. Like, yeah. it's it's real dirty looking. It's super cool because it really changes the mo like the spin and... And how fast the ball travels. It's so yep. intense. Like the ball just dies on clay. The, so the clay court causes a higher bounce, but way slower. Yeah. So the ball is like, it's the strangest looking thing because it looks like they put so much power into it. And then it just like, <laughs> like 
Literally. Yeah. Um, so the other cool thing about Clay Court is that um, players can slide around on it because the clay is legitimately like as advertised. It's not a hard court the way you would play it normally. Um, you can slip and slide all around it. So rather than players having to run, stop, and hit the ball, you'll just watch them slide in like... Like, what's that movie with Tom Cruise and, like, the sunglasses and he slides in? Okay, (laughs) never mind. Um, But, yeah, so it's really fun to watch in that sense because even though the ball looks really wonky when it's getting hit, the players are just, like, slip and sliding all over the place. It's just an ACL nightmare. Yeah, terrifying for ankles everywhere. Yeah, ankles and knees. Ankles and knees. Ligament tears everywhere. Everywhere. But um, it is really cool to watch because it is a very different tennis game. So yeah. if you might have someone who's really good on a regular court and not so great on clay. So it just kind of evens it out every time you change the floor. Totally. Um, the person to look out for is Rafael Nadal. Um, he is the greatest clay player ever. He's won like 13 French Opens or something. It's like ridiculous. Um, he is past his prime now. He's in the same era as Roger Federer, who we've talked about yeah. on this show. Um, but... Rafa's still the best clay court player ever. Watching him is, like, actually terrifying. Like, my ankles feel like they're breaking every time I watch him because, like, he is just all over the place. But really fun to watch. Super powerful, best clay court player ever. If you get a chance and his matches are on, like, it's actually, we'll be able to watch a lot of them, especially on the weekends because of the time change. It's in France. Um, So next weekend will be the opening round. I think all of the Canadians are going to be there. The only one I don't know if she'll be there is Jeannie um, because... She was injured and mentioned that she was going to be taking some time off. So unclear if she'll be there, but I, I'm expecting the rest of them to be there. I think Andrescu is through her injury rehab, so hopefully we'll see her. Um, and we'll keep you updated. After next week, we'll have to be through at least the, the first round, so we'll I mean, give you an give update. give it a watch because just so that you can see the difference between the clay court and the regular court. Totally. It's a lot of fun. It's really fun. Um, okay. Moving on to soccer? Yeah, let's do it. Moving on to soccer... Uh, PSG won the French League. We're just doing... Basically, uh, just it's like, like a big wrap-up. Yeah. PSG won the French League, the Women's, um, ch- uh, the women's t- uh, Championship League uh, was won by Lyon against Barcelona. So uh, they do a Women's Champions League as well as a Men's. Yeah. So, like, it, it's actually not that anyone ever shows it on TV, but just like the Men's League, the all of the women club soccer teams also compete. The other cool thing to note is that for every major men's team in the world, yeah. um, club soccer, there's an equivalent women's team. Like, there's a women's Barcelona team. There's yeah. a women's uh, Paris Saint-Germain team. So, um, Which is amazing, because why not? Why not? And people go to the games. and They play, actually really do. And they're, play, they're paid a lot better than they are paid here. Yeah. And it's just... It's amazing. There, there was a picture um, a few months ago where, uh, like, the women's Barcelona team was playing, and I guess it was a Champions League game, and they sold out Camp Nou. That's amazing. Right? That makes my heart so happy. Literally. Because, like, people are really into it. People want to watch soccer, and the women are so good. Right. And this is, this is why I'm so upset that women's hockey got canceled here in Canada, because in order to make the playing field even and not have, like, a two-team championship every time you need to have these women's leagues to develop these players from yeah. all over the world and like Europe d- is doing a fantastic job yeah. at doing that for soccer and you can see it it's like we're everyone's slowly catching up to the U.S. yeah it's like you know soon you're, you're gonna have Germany become a powerhouse and there already are a powerhouse Brazil Brazil you're gonna have like it's not just going to be okay Japan's playing uh Japan's hitting the states the U.S. isn't going to continue to win yeah. all of the FIFA championships it's like 
I'm so looking forward to it. I'm like, we need a change so badly in terms of like, I mean, hockey for sure needs to have yeah. more teams catching up, but like even with soccer, like the women, the U S women's team has been so dominant and it's really nice to actually like for someone, cause you and I have watched for a very long time and we can legitimately see the skill level increase amongst so many teams. Yeah. And you can see when the funding goes down, you can see the skill drop. Yep. And, and it's like Canada. I remember about 10 years ago, I think it was 10 years ago now, Canada played the U S and they were, they held their own. They were tied right until the end. And there was some, controversial call at the end in the U.S. won, but it was, you know, they, they held their own, and now I'm not really sure that they they could hold their own. I mean, I love them. They're my team, but... You worried? I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. There's some definite, there's some definite holes. Yeah, so Victoria and I actually went, uh, you would have seen on our Insta story on Cleats and Cocktails, we were at the Canada send-off game. Um, they played Mexico yesterday, and it was just an international friendly, um, getting them ready as their last game before World Cup starts. Canada won handily 3-0. Mm. Um, Christine Sinclair actually scored her 181st international goal. She's three away from Abby Wombat. Three. Like, that number is real small. Yeah, I mean, Abby got it in less games. Yeah. Uh, or less years played, but uh, Christine Sinclair has to beat this. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't, like, drag her corpse yeah. out there. Grab <laughs> her in bubble wrap, send her out there, score those goals. Victoria and I were freaking out because Christine Sinclair, like, she is literally a goddess, but she's clearly starting to get old because, like, it was a little bit laborious at times watching her play. Yeah. And we, Victoria and I, every time she, like, got tripped or something, Vic, Vic and I were literally like, no, take my knees! <laughs> Take them. I don't need them as much as you need them. I can't tell you how many times I yelled, it's a friendly. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, looking forward to the Women's World Cup. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited and I'm really hoping that Canada can actually show how far they've come. Our, we yeah. didn't even see the full suite of their team play no, yesterday. And that was okay because you got to like, you got to rest them. I was just a little bit confused about Diana Matheson not playing. I don't know where she was. She hit two. She got two hundred caps. Caps being number of games played. Yeah. Um, and then didn't come back on the field. So they literally sure. like gave her a little plaque, and then she just never came back. Yeah. So. On the field. So Vic and I were like, "Wait, what? Where are you? Where yeah. did you did you go home? Hey, <laughs> are you are you coming He's back? Come back. Um, but we actually did also get to watch uh, Jordan Heidema oh, make yeah. her um her debut. Well. I guess she's been playing, but, like, this is the first time I've really seen her in action. Oh, she's been playing quite a bit. Yeah. So, Jordan Heidema, we've talked about on this podcast as well. She is actually, um, she's basically the future of this team. She'll be the next Christine she's Sinclair. be incredible. I actually was saying to Nick yesterday after I got home, like, I she's 100% going to be the next Christine Sinclair for Canada, but I actually think with the right training, she could potentially be a Ballon d'Or winner. She oh, could yeah. be the best in the world. Absolutely. Like, legitimately. She actually also just signed with Paris Saint-Germain, the women's yeah. team. So she, right out of high school, she's only 18, she's graduating this year, and rather than going to college on a scholarship, she's heading straight to Europe, and she's going to play professionally. She's just going to develop, 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 and we're going to... Love every second. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. So if you do happen to catch any of the Women's World Cup games that Canada's playing, you can easily tell who Jordan Heidema is, because she's, like, gigantic. She's, like, a full head taller than everyone on the field. Yeah, I think her legs are taller than Alicia Chapman. Yeah, <laughs> and right, she's taller. Like her legs are yeah. my whole person. Um, another thing to mention: the USA played New Zealand uh, the other day on a friendly. On a friendly, they they won five nothing. Carly Lloyd scored two goals. 
Um, Carly Lloyd is also someone who's going to catch up to Christine St. Clair yeah. and be one back in goal score because I think she's at like a hundred, a hundred and something, a hundred and... Already? Yeah. Fuck. She's in the hundreds already. It's like... Oh. You know what's going to happen? Christine Sinclair is going to take the record and Canada's going to be like, yeah! And then in like one year, Carly Lloyd's going to take it back and the yeah. U.S. will yet again have that title. Oh yeah, I don't want to... It just makes me so mad. We're not going to go but either way, I mean, we're super excited for Women's World Cup. I think that Canada has a real shot. They look good. There's definitely some holes in their game, um, which concern me. Yeah. Because even against Mexico, they had a couple of, like, wonky moments where Vic and I were just like, oh, this isn't going to fare well against a better team. But I remain optimistic, especially when their full team is on. Like, Kadisha Buchanan didn't play yesterday, who's mm-hmm. one of our top defense. Um, Diana Matheson didn't play, who's one of our good old strikers. My all-time favorite, Aaron McLeod, didn't. Wasn't even here. Our goalie. Wasn't there. Yeah, she was like, I don't know, at home watching even TV. Even though I think she's the sub goalie now. I'm mm. not sure. But yeah. Stephanie Labby's great, but... It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think that, um, like Victoria said, a lot of the teams are much better than they were four years ago. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. I'm just excited to see good football. Um, I'm also really... Like, they're, like Canada plays Cameroon in their first game. I'm actually going to be at that game. And I'm so jealous. I'm so excited. I could, like, literally die. Um, and can- the thing this is Cameroon's first time in the tournament. So, like, yeah. hell yeah for these smaller countries getting enough funding to get a women's team in. Like, that's huge. Yeah. But, you know, what happens with that is it becomes very difficult for the better team so in this case, hopefully it can. Hopefully, hopefully they win. I don't yeah. know jinx it. But uh, it becomes very difficult for that team to know if they've actually learned anything or if they're actually developing, right? Because like if you, mm. like even with uh, U.S. and New Zealand, U.S. dominated. Like I don't even know what the possession stats were for that because yeah, like even even with Canada, they held possession for most of the game. I think I turned to my nephew and asked him, and he was like, oh, I think it's about seventy percent. It looked about seventy percent. It, it was. It was insane. Possession stats meaning that how often Canada had the ball instead of Mexico in this case. So Canada had it what looked like about 70% of the time, which is astronomical. Yeah, and it was, if we're going to get better and everyone's going to get better together, we need to to put money into it. Yeah. And this is pretty much the state of women's sports in general. Yep. (laughs) Okay, last up, we are going to quickly mention um, the NBA draft happened. Sorry, the NBA draft lottery happened and somehow the NBA draft lottery aka they stand there and tell you who picks first and second and third was enough to literally have its own ESPN special yeah which I watched which is painful to watch it was awful okay so basically what happened was um the NBA a couple of years ago actually changed the way people can qualify to potentially get the first overall pick. It used to be very obvious that the worst team in the league basically always got the first pick. So teams that knew they were going to be bad during the course of the season would do what we would call tanking, which is they basically would throw the rest of their season. They would trade away every last good person that existed and they would play like shit the rest of the year so that they could definitely, like basically automatically get the first overall pick. Because Sorry. Like, does that work? Hold on. Now you got one really good player. And a bunch of shit people. And a bunch of crappy players. Yeah. But and then you have one horse pulling the cart. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't sound logical to me at all. No. The idea sometimes is that either they'll stay bad for another year and try to get another good pick, um, or what they'll do is they'll just start buying players. Like, they'll trade for better players in the hopes that they can build a team. Um, but a lot of these teams end up being shit for a couple of years with really good players on them. Um 
in this case, so this happened for many, many years. And so the NBA actually stepped in because it was becoming a little bit like it's not good for the product, the NBA yeah. product, to have your team obviously tank the season. Like, why do I want to go watch? I know you're not trying. Yeah. So um, the NBA actually changed, like, I don't even know, the algorithm equation the math behind how you qualify to get the first overall pick and now even if you tank and you are the worst team in the league you still have like a 50 50 of getting the first overall pick or like anything else it's no longer like an automatic right so basically i tell you this to shape everything up for what this season has looked like so there were a few absolutely terrible teams one being the new york knicks and the New York Knicks are a very, they used to be a marquee team. Um, they're a huge market for basketball. And all season, they have been very obviously trying to tank yes, because they want to get the first overall pick, Zion Absolutely. Williamson, who we talked about in March Madness. Um, so basically, they did a whole draft special for whoever's going to pick, get number one overall pick. And what they do is they actually count backwards. So they start at like pick 12 or something, and they pull the name out of the envelope, and they go one by one by one all the way up to the top five. And then the top five, they go to commercial, and then it comes back, mm-hmm. and the top five are standing there. Because each also each team sends a representative, so it can either be their general manager or a celebrity. Oh. Or a player. Or mm-hmm. who knows? Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, no, of course. Let's send someone who has nothing to do with your team yeah. to the draft. Anyways, so they went through, top five is standing there. Um, and as it turns out, the Knicks did not get the first overall pick. They got third. And because you get for tanking, I I completely agree. Um, and the best part was that the Lakers were also in the top five, of course, but what happened was like, they showed a live video because apparently in New York, they cared enough about this to throw like watch parties at bars. So there were videos of teams like, or of people watching the draft lottery and like the Lakers, I think are choosing fourth or fifth. So the Lakers name gets pulled and all of these Knicks fans are like, yeah, fuck you, Lakers, yeah. And then like one pick later, it's them. And they were like, oh. I just, they have such a big franchise that I don't think that they should be tanking. Agreed. I, I am sorry. They're in songs. <laughs> I know. So like, your team appears in pop culture songs. You do not need to... You have money. You have so much money. But you have incompetent owners. So I'm unsurprised that they're still shit. But this basically means that um, the Knicks do not get Zion Williamson. Ha ha. He's going somewhere else. He's actually going to end up in New Orleans. Because New Orleans got the number one overall pick. The Pelicans. The Pelicans. <laughs> if you remember, if you can think all the way back to uh, multiple episodes ago, the New, York, the New Orleans Pelicans are also the team that Anthony Davis, who had a ton of trade drama surrounding him this past year plays for so that's a whole other separate issue that I won't even get into um but the Pelicans get number one overall pick followed by the Memphis Grizzlies and then New York and then the Lakers so uh New York is getting the third overall pick they're probably still gonna end up with someone very good but they're not getting Zion the other weird thing that I wanted to mention about this draft lottery shit that I had to sit through weird event very weird event so ESPN broadcasted this fine except that they so they had people live commentating as it was going on except that they broadcast it inside the arena that they were hosting it in so everyone could hear them and it was just so awkward for the players like we get it Zion Williamson is amazing but what if he doesn't go first right you've pumped it up so that he has to go first or else he looks he looks bad and everybody else is there being like well what about me right I'm good too. And also, why are you making it sound like because he's not going to the Knicks, nothing else matters? Like, fuck 
the way that they presented all yeah. of this because like they basically made it sound like the Pelicans are nothing. Yeah. All they cared about was the fact that Zion isn't going to the Knicks. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Leave yeah. the, like, these other teams deserve it too. Memphis is also a great spot, but you don't give a shit about Memphis because they're not like big and flashy. You don't give a shit about New Orleans, right? But no, you had to like focus so heavily on the Knicks and the fact that it's such a devastating loss that they're not getting Zion. And it's like, there was no guarantee they were getting right. any of this. And what if they even didn't want him? How about that? What I know. they didn't want him? It's just all so ridiculous. Also, like the female commentator, Rachel Nichols, just was like a hot mess the whole time. She was asking really awkward questions. Yeah. And like, they're trashing all of these other teams. And they're, they're trashing players. Literally, while players. people are hearing them. They're like, oh, you know, like, uh, t- like Zion Williamson really did a really good job at just dodging one mm-hmm. of her questions. I don't remember what it was about now, but he There was, was a question about who would you take number two? If you're going first, who would yeah. you want to yeah, draft yeah, number yeah, two? Are you was. fucking kidding me? He's like, no, I'm just here to play basketball. Leave me alone. Like, and then they started circulating this whole thing where um, they were, they started, like, basically ESPN started a whole story where they were like, would Zion just go back to school so that he doesn't have to play for New Orleans? And it's like, go fuck yourselves. It's like, no, he's going to go to the NBA and make a lot of money because he didn't want to go to school to be a month. <laughs> and also, why is it that the Knicks are the be-all and end-all? They're a literal dumpster fire organization right now. Yeah. I don't want to play for them. So he's probably going to go have a nice, quiet life in New Orleans where no one's going to bug him. Yeah. And he's going to have a great time. i do that. Fucking ESPN, I swear to God. But anyways, that was the NBA draft lottery. Literal mess. Just a, a mess of an event. And I sat through all of it. Okay, and that concludes pick six for the week on a very positive note there. <laughs> um, the next thing we're actually going to jump into, well, because I have Victoria here, um, we're actually going to do a what's the call for soccer. Something we played together. Yes, Vic and I actually played soccer growing up together. Um, Victoria played, I think you played goalie when I was I with you. I did. You've played everything, though. I know, but I generally am the goalie. I'm the keeper. Wink. You can't see me wink. <laughs> but basically, we realize I talk a lot about soccer on this podcast, but we've never actually fully explained it. So we'll take you through the basics. Women's World Cup is coming up, so hopefully you can just kind of apply what you're learning here and so that we have a basic idea of what's going on. Um, so to start, the basic setup for soccer is you are on a field, obviously, and there are 11 players aside. So 10 players and a goalie each side. The objective is to literally shoot the ball into the other player's net to score a goal. Number of goals at the end wins much like every other sport. And you cannot use your hands in soccer unless you're the goalie. Um, a very broad breakdown of the field. You have defenders, midfield, and forwards, or strikers. The forwards are at the front, closer to the opposing net. The midfields are in the middle. And the defenses are the people closest to your, to your own goalie. Yes, and the midfield, so forwards and defense are much like every other sport, pretty obvious. Um, the midfields are the ones that are probably unique to soccer in that um, they are, they're basically half a forward and half a defense. They probably do the most running in the entire, uh, of the entire player base on the field. Um, they are constantly defending but they also are part of the offense so defense and forwards very much play separately and you'll see that a lot like if the ball goes past the forwards and heads into their own end the forwards tend to just stop and wait for the ball to come back to them Um, and because the defense pick up the slack for that midfields actually do everything they will go up they will go back they'll play forward they'll play defense and their goal is really to try and control this the middle of the field it's literally in their name. Generally, the center mids are the two in the middle, and they control most of the plays. 
they make most of the plays happen. And then you have the two wings on either side that are flanking and usually run up to the corners to send the ball in. Um, and they also have to sprint back down the field. They do so they much do so running. Much. It's actually exhausting to watch. Yeah. And you don't realize it when you're watching it on TV, like how much ground they cover, but they run like half marathons. Well, they're always there. Like yeah. they're, they're the player that if they're missing, you can tell. Yeah. Like, if, if the defender comes up, the midfield's usually dropping back to fill in their position. Like, yeah. They have to be very conscious of if there are holes in the game and they have to fill those holes. Yeah, they're a jack-of-all-trades. So their position is quite coveted. If you're a very good midfielder, um, like someone like Lionel Messi is like a ve- or Luka Modric for Croatia, um, they are like the center mids that really control the play. They move the play up, they'll move it back. Um, they're fantastic to watch. And they may not always be your top goal scorers nope. because they're feeding the ball to players who are scoring most of the time. Like Cristiano Ronaldo is a forward. His goal is to put the ball in the net. He gets fed the ball often by the midfielders. Um, I mean, all of the other positions require a great amount of skill. Too. Oh, yeah. Like, to be a striker, you need to be able to read everybody else as well and move forward. And uh, You're under an immense amount of pressure because the defense basically is just trying to get rid of the ball. Yeah. Um, and the defenders are the last line of defense before the goalie. And they have to be able to read the plays from the other team. All the way on the other end of the field. So, like, I used to play defense, and, like, basically when the ball is not in your end, you are just watching the field to anticipate when it's coming back and how to fill that in. Because oftentimes, like, if you watch soccer, um, goalies have it the worst because the goals are... It's I feel like goalies look like they don't know how to play soccer when in reality it's just like the net is so big and ball comes in so fast that like it's really hard for goalies to stop the ball so you generally don't want to have to rely on your keeper if you don't have to um and that's where your defense come in i mean the goalie's goal is generally to make the net look as small as possible so they're using a lot of angles like they're using a lot of science to basically make it look like you don't you don't have enough room to score yeah they can cover anything and it's more a mental game coming totally. out to meet the player, things like that. Um, so just some quick terminology. Um, when they talk about, at the beginning of a game, you'll see the players all get listed and stuff like that. And oftentimes the commentators will say something like they're playing a 4-4-2 alignment or a 4 uh, 4-3-3 alignment. And that basically, what they're referring to is how the players are going to line up on the field. So if you're looking at like a bird's eye view of the field, when they talk about a 4-4-2 alignment, let's say, it always starts from that team's goalie forward. So 4-4-2 means there's four defense, four midfield, and two strikers. If it's a 4-3-3 alignment, it's four defense, three midfield, three strikers. There's a million different combinations people use. There's been ones that are like, one, five, two, what? Like, there's just, it, there's yeah. a million things. Depending on what teams are playing each other, coaches will line different players up different ways. But always remember, if, they, if you hear that alignment, it starts from your goalie or, like, from your defense forward. Um, also, there's multiple different types of set plays in soccer. Set plays meaning where the ball is dead, like, not moving, and somebody either kicks it or throws it in to start the play again. Um, one of them is corner kicks. So basically, if uh, if you are, if I'm let's say attacking Victoria's team and I'm in their end, and I take a shot and Victoria blocks it and the ball hits off of her and towards her own net, but doesn't go in her net, I guess it's just past the the back line. 
Yes, the end yeah, of the field. The end of the field. Um, not on the sides, but through like the middle. Yep. Um, that's called, that's what will grant a corner kick. So that means the ball gets taken out to either corner and my team would go and do a literal set play. Like the ball would sit, I would kick the ball from the corner to the goalie or to the net and my team would try and score as a result. And if um, Tiniela's team is the one that kicks it out along the back line, then my goalie would get a goal kick and there's a tiny box around the net and there's a big box around the net and they get to put the ball on the tiny box and kick it out to put it back into play. There are also free kicks. So in soccer, you can be fouled. This is the famous thing about soccer is that um, oftentimes people love to dive and like flop all over the place because they're trying to draw a foul. Because what happens with a foul is that the, the play stops and the ball is literally placed and you can put up a set piece. So if you're really close to the other person's net, um, you definitely want this because it gives you a chance to like perfectly place the ball to try and score. Right. Um, so free kicks take place wherever the spot of the foul is. If I were to, uh, if I were to draw a foul in the opposing team's box, big or little, um, then I'm granted a penalty shot. So if Victoria, if I'm in playing against Victoria, she fouls me in the box, um, it's a penalty shot. Everybody clears the box and it's just me versus the goalie and I take a free shot at the net with the goalie trying to stop it. The box being the big box. The big one. Along the backside. Yeah. So, um, obviously those are not ideal because penalty shots are pretty, have a pretty high success rate. Yep. Um, and the goalie's not allowed to come off of the back line. Uh, you'll see them jump forward a few steps as the player's going to shoot, but they can't, they, they can do that, but they're not allowed to like actively run forward. So it has to be kind of subtle enough. And that just gives them a little bit more of an advantage to cut down small amount of angle. Yeah, because essentially you're staring, like, the goalie is only so big and the net is huge and the players are very good at placing the ball where they want to, so um, the goalies are limited because otherwise they would just run up and tackle the player and yeah. be like, no kick! <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's a penalty shot. Um, the only other time the ball is really dead is in a, if the ball goes out of bounds. So, like we talked about, if it goes out on the sides of the field rather than the back or the, like, either end. So the long side. The long side. Um, then the ball is actually thrown back in. It's not kicked, it's thrown. It's the only other time in the game where a player can use their hands. So they have to throw it in forward, backward, wherever. Just needs to be thrown back into play. It also can't be like a shitty throw. They, you see sometimes players will run up and do like a, Muh. and the Muh. ball just like falls out of their hands forward. They're really not allowed to do that. It needs to be a proper throw in. Um, so you can actually be called for that. like one or both of your feet have to be on the ground? Uh, both of them. Both of them? Yeah. So you can drag your foot, but you can't lift it. And so you can't, like, huck the ball with your back foot up to, like, yeah. give you more advantage. To give you that momentum. And you have to, it has to start from behind your head and go all and the way And go forward. Through. Exactly. Um, the other thing to note about soccer timing is that it's uh, 90 minutes of soccer. And it, what that means is, like, 90 minutes of actual played soccer have to happen. So what happens is... There's no stoppages in soccer, which is why if you ever watch a game, there's no commercials and it's fucking awesome, which is why soccer yep. is so great. Um, the only time the uh, time is stopped is at halftime or before and after the game. So what happens is because there's no stoppages in soccer, the ref or the timekeeper mentally or whatever calculates the amount of time where people aren't actually playing. If a player goes down because they're injured, if the ball goes out of bounds and it takes forever for them to put it back into play, there's a timekeeper who will literally like keep track of all of that. And then they add 
time to the end of each half. So let's say I'm done, we're at the end of the first half, we've reached 45 minutes, you'll often hear like uh, two minutes of injury time. So that basically means that there was enough stoppages in actual soccer play that two more minutes need to be added to the game right. to ensure a full 45 minutes is played. So that's usually um, determined by the fourth referee. In soccer, there's generally three referees. The, the main ref, who is um, running with the players in the game. Then you have the two on the sides, on either of the long sides, who, who basically will call a foul, will call the offsides, We'll call the throw-ins. And then you have the fourth referee who's pretty responsible for like the game card, the player switches. Mm -hmm. um, They're like the administrative assistant. Yes. With a really large role. They, they determine stoppage time, yeah. things like that. They also get to raise that really cool neon sign when players yeah. change. <laughs> they do it in like a huge digital board. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So the other thing, like we talked about earlier... You can draw fouls in soccer. Um, there's a number of different ways you can foul someone. If you pull their jersey, if you trip them, if you push them, if you headbutt them, if you do basically anything that's not a soccer play, yep. you're getting called for it. Um, what results is a free kick. Um, and the other thing it can, depending on how egregious the foul is, there's also like greater punishment. So if it's a, if it's a bad foul, the ref will award what's called a yellow card to that player. Which is more of a warning card. Yeah, it basically is like, listen, you fucked up. Don't do this again. It's yeah. a yellow card. Um, if you were to acquire two yellow cards in a game because you really fucked up, you wow. you're out. You're given a red card and it means you're automatically sent out. So you can't play the rest of the game, nor can a player be substituted in your place. So you have to go down from 11 players to 10 players. And we've seen it go as low as what, nine? I saw, I've seen so. nine before. I don't think I've seen eight. I don't think I've seen eight either. Nine is usually the lowest they'll go because it's a massive disadvantage to the team to lose two full players. Just think about how big the field is and how much you have to run. I'm so and tired. Nine players. I'm tired thinking about it. Literally. So um, you can also get a straight red card. And that basically means that you like, you fucked up. It means that you literally attacked a player in such a, a, a malicious way that it could have either injured them or had a potential to cause injury. Right. So if somebody's like a player goes down and tries to slide into someone else and their foot is up, it or it's called cleats up, um, that's usually a straight red card because that has the potential to break someone's leg. Right. So the ref does not tolerate that shit and you get sent off for that. Um, yellow cards you can also get for foul language. Yeah. So if you're being super disrespectful, it's always my favorite when right? you see players going off and they're just like, no, I'm done with you. Yellow and just card. raise the yellow card. You can't yell at me like that. No. And like some of the refs take a lot of shit. Like they don't care. Yeah. Like they'll, win, they'll listen and they'll listen and yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. But sometimes they go off and they'll, like players will say really awful things to the refs and the refs just eventually are like, okay, we're done with this. Yeah. It's like, I have the power here. Why are you yeah, trying? Yeah. Get your shit together. Um, so I think that's basically soccer. Yeah, I think it's pretty much soccer. I mean, there's a lot of, um, trying to draw the foul. If you make it more, if you make it look dramatic, you might convince the referee that it is a foul, which is why you see so much, so many theatrics. Especially, um, because the field is so big, the ref obviously can't be like right in front of every player as it happens. So they'll try to make it really dramatic so that it looks like obviously worse and they can draw that foul. Um, what it does result in is some absolutely abhorrent diving. Yep. 
and you can actually be called for a foul for diving. It doesn't happen as often as it should because it's very hard to like prove in the second if the yeah. ref isn't close enough. Um, and there's been some really bad ones. There's yeah. been there was oh, there's always a play on TSN when they do like their top ten where um, a player took an opposing player's hand, slapped his own face with it, and then went down in the player got oh. card. Oh God, what have you done? I think the only other thing to mention for soccer is offside. Yeah. When the def- the defense creates an imaginary line, and if any of the opposing forwards or midfields or whoever, any of the opposing players cross that imaginary line and are fed the ball, they are out of play. So basically the opposing team can't go past the defending team's imaginary line. The so- last defenseman. Yes, on the, the last field. defenseman is a much better way to say that. Yeah, so sometimes they'll line up in a perfectly straight line across the back as defense, but other times they'll be like one player back um, or a couple players back, and whoever the last person back closest to the goalie is is where the imaginary line is drawn. Every player has to be, the opposing team has to be in front of that last player when the ball is touched, pat, like to be kicked. Right. So if that... If I'm going up against Victoria, she's the last player on the field, and I'm behind her, and I'm the person closest to the goalie, and the ball is kicked, and I get the ball, it's an offside. Right, and, and usually the tactic there would be for the, the defense to run, to run to half, because then you were drawing the offside. Yeah. So you'll see that a lot in corner kicks and, and things where the ball is being put into play. You'll see the defense run up and leave the forwards behind, and it's just automatically an offside. It's to literally catch them so that they are forced into an offside position that they can't get out of before the ball is kicked. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty much life. I think that's soccer. If you have any questions or if there's anything that we explained that didn't make a whole lot of sense, send us an email, cleatsandcocktails at gmail.com. I'm happy to go over any points. Um, If you want a um, collection of hottest players in the world, also happy to do that because that's a great way to get into soccer. Male or female? Either one. <laughs> there are some smoke shows there globally. There are some smoke shows. Um, and that's Did actually... you say that you can't use your hands? I think so. Okay. Well, you can't use your hands. Yeah. That's the so basic. That's the basic. If nothing else. That's number one. Just yeah. don't touch the ball. <laughs> um, so yeah, let us know if you have any other questions. If you um, start watching Women's World Cup and you have any questions about please that... do. Let us know. Yeah, and please watch the Women's World please Cup. Show the them Women's some love. World it's going to be broadcast. The whole thing is, uh, I think, on TSN, so... Please show them some love, whether it's Canada or the other teams. Maybe not just the US. support your team. I, I just think that it's it makes such a difference when you watch it. The same way you said, pick a team for NFL. Like pick a team based on whatever you. Just pick your team. F- learn about the players a little bit. Learn that they have full time jobs aside from doing this. Literally. And look at how how great they play, even though like despite having full time jobs, it not being their full time career. And just follow them and. Just just watching helps. Just love them. Just love them. You know? Like Team Canada has been... I've been watching them for, what, forever, uh, yeah. what it feels like. And I just... I can name you a player running without seeing their jersey. Like, just watch them. They're they're great. They're... I, I, I You're going to get so emotional. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> just watch them. Yeah. I highly recommend. Especially because Canada's women's team is so good. Yeah. So good. They're... And they're... They're getting up there. Yeah, they really are. I need to see them win before I die. I know, right? Yeah. Along with the Toronto Championship. But Along with the Toronto God. Championship. Please. Yeah, who do we need to like? What goddesses? Is Mother Gaia listening? Can Mother we put Gaia, please. Please. Back to hers right now. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so that wraps up sports for the week. I think we'll do like a quick reality review of Game of Thrones, mostly because I want to see how you feel now that we're literally, we're, we're, the episode is literally starting. How? Oh my God, who's logging in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's happening. It's starting. So you, have you watched every season of Game of Thrones? I have. Did you read the books? No, I wish I did. Okay. Did I mean, you read the books? I did. They were long. Yeah. They're good. Very long. Very confusing at times. Because there are so many people with the same names and a lot happens and just, I couldn't, it's a lot to keep up with. However, they're great. Um, What do you, how do you feel about the series and this season? Okay, I love the series. I'm not sure how I feel about this season yet. I feel like the writers forgot that the writer of the books developed characters. Oh my god, yeah. And was like, oh, so you wanted them to be like this? Okay, well, we're going to ruin that. Yeah, it sort of feels like they're they're checked out of this series. Like, it sort of feels like they're just, like, getting their paycheck and, like, we're good. We're done. Yeah. It's, like, all the character development that's happened over the past seven seasons is just gone out the window. Right. And, I, like, I don't want to be completely negative about it because I feel like they did kind of ruin it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, the cinematography of the third episode, so no spoilers if nobody watched it, but... Um, was beautiful. It was beautiful. So I gotta give it to the the people behind the scenes cutting it together with the music. They're trying. Oh, they're doing they're doing a fantastic job. But the the writing, I don't it's know rough. what happened. Um, who's your favorite character? Do you know any of their names? I know some of their names. Yes, <laughs> honestly, like you said, I like if I read the book, I would have to write out who everybody. Oh, was it's so because, confusing because even seeing their faces, I was like, I forgot your name. Right. Yeah. There was like. The little guy. Tyrion. Oh. No, no, no. Tyrion. (laughs) (laughs) Little finger's different. Yeah, yeah. Little finger's different. Um, See, in my mind, they all have different names. Um, Cersei? Yep. Yeah. Queen bitch. Queen bitch. Queen bitch. Um, I really like her as a villain. Oh, I love her. Oh, man. Her chapters in the books, phenomenal. They were my favorite to read because she's batshit crazy in the books. But she's amazing. I know. It's great. I, I love a good villain, and, and she is a good villain. Yeah, Queen um, Bitch. I liked Daenerys. Oh, yeah. Like I knew her name. <laughs> you referred to her as Blonde Dragon Girl last time. So. Yeah. <laughs> I learned it, because it keeps calling it Jon Snow. Jon Snow. keeps calling her Danny, so I'm like, Daenerys. Yes. Um, I liked her. Again, no spoilers, so. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Um, I don't know. Who's your favorite? Um, in the books, Danny was for a while. My favorite character, though, definitely is Melisandre, the Red Witch. Oh, really? Yeah, she's a, she also has a point of view chapter in the books, and she's also crazy and amazing, so she was my absolute favorite. I wonder how they're going to tie this in, because I feel like they didn't, they didn't develop that enough. No, they, I mean... I mean, yeah, there's not a lot left yeah. that they can do with her, but, um, one and a half hours. Yeah. Um, but no, I fucking loved her and hence why I dressed up for, as her for Halloween because she was amazing. Um, I was a huge fan of Danny for sure. Um, she, in the book, she has moments where she's really good and then moments where she's like Targaryen crazy and it was a great mix. Um, Jon Snow's chapters in the books were just, I hated them. I was not a fan. But everybody loves him. And I, I can see why. Like, he's very lovable and he's so cute. He's so cute. Um, you know who I don't like? And I didn't like him in the books. And the show basically did the same thing. Bran. Yo, Bran Flakes? Yeah. <laughs> Bran Flakes. Bran Flakes. Um, yeah, nobody likes Bran Flakes. All he does is whine. 
He is actually Bran Flakes, though. Like, yeah. he is he is that boring. Yeah, he really is. Um, and I really hope that he does something to this episode, because... I, well, he's been absolutely useless to us. So, I'm sorry, but what would have been a great twist ending was when the Ice King... Okay, spoilers, but... Spoiler alert, don't listen if, if you haven't watched it. Um, but it, when the Ice King went up to him... Yeah. If he just kneeled down in front of him... Oh, my God. Would have been like a... <gasps> I know. Or that, yeah, totally. Or that Bran just like warged into him and just took over the Night King. Yeah. I wanted any of that. Anything. Anything. Bran instead is like, oh, the world is burning around me. Let me sit in my chair. <laughs> I'm just going to wait under this tree. And just speak in one sentence like it's beautiful, platitudes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to roll my eyes to the back of my head and become a bird. <laughs> and they're like, Bran, everyone is dying. Can you do anything? And he's like, I'm a bird. I'm like a bird. Yeah, he literally Nelly Furtado'd his way out oh, of that yeah. war. Yeah. Unacceptable. Um, but yeah, so we're about to go watch the last episode, and I... Pray it's not a dumpster fire. Hoping it's not a dumpster fire. Um, I'm sad that the series is over because I feel like this is one of those generational shows. Like, I don't know that there will ever be another series that the world will stop and watch together every Sunday night. Yeah. Like, to me, this is, like, it, that's what makes it so special, is that every single person has stopped every Sunday to watch this. Yeah. It's so cool. And, and if you if you didn't watch it, the hype around it made you start watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I'm, like, really sad that that's going to be over, because it's just been so much fun to do. Also, because it was so well written. I know. Like, the, the books were so well written. Yeah. And they translated so well into a TV series. It's just so cohesive. So even if you're one of those people that's like, but I think dragons are stupid. <laughs> um, you're just like, yeah, dragons are a weird thing to watch on TV, but that don't worry be. about the dragons because honestly, it's amazing. Yeah. You don't even need to know anybody's name. No. I promise you. It's true. You it's were so good without good. it. You didn't need names. No. Who needed them? They were going to die anyways. Danny has like nine names anyways. Mother of Dragon, Stormborn, Breaker of Chains, Targaryen, etc., etc., etc. Like she's like a Starbucks barista's nightmare. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, spelling on Daenerys is... I know. How would you just... Even, a, I, as the Starbucks barista, that would be like D-E-N-R-I-S. <laughs> I, listen, if I was that Starbucks barista, I'd give up. Yeah, like just take a coffee. And like I already have trouble spelling people's names as it is, so... <laughs> All right, so I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, we have cocktails and Game of Thrones waiting, so we're going to head over. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed having the guest host these past couple of weeks. Megan will be back next week, I think. God, I, I hope so. Um, so if you have any questions, email us at cleatsandcocktails at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at cleatsandcocktails. Twitter, cleatscocktails. Um, this is usually Megan's portion, as always, when she talks about rating, subscribing, liking, reviewing, whatever it is oh, you do on Apple. Rate, subscribe, follow us on everything. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. And um, I will see you all next week. Enjoy the week. Enjoy a Game of Thrones. And cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.